Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Hey there, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. How's everybody's week been? Mine's been okay. The weather here in the Mitten State is... It's been weird. Really cold temperatures, ice storms, which I hear we're going to get more next week, which I'm not looking forward to that at all. Yesterday, I did see the movie The Prodigy, which is a horror film, and I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was alright. It had an interesting ending. I wasn't really expecting that, but I like when those movies can throw you a curveball once in a while. Well, today, I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 6, entitled Mike's Madonna Story. This episode aired on November 5th, 1985. A Madonna-style teenage seductress wrecks havoc in the Seaver household when she appears at their doorstep in some rather revealing clothing, looking for Mike and plotting to make him her next seduction. This episode has a 7.2 based on 10 rating, or uh, excuse me, a 7.2 out of 10 based on 60 ratings. Directed by John Pasquin, Neil Marlin's a creator, written by Carol Black, and also written by Neil Neil Marlin's. We got some connections here. The Love Boat. Maggie says she wants to stay home and watch The Love Boat. Now, during the week, I asked a trivia question. The question is from this episode, season one, episode six, entitled Mike's Madonna Story. Who is this actress who portrays Lisa, and what sitcom did she star in prior to this role? And the the dot wonder dot years dot fan fiction answered correctly. The late Dana Plato. She played Kimberly on Different Strokes. Thank you, The Wonder Years fan fiction, for getting the question correct. So next week, I do have a special episode coming in honor of Valentine's Day. I'm doing the... Let me get back to it here. Here it is. It is... I'm just going to read this post here. It's Season 5, Episode 18, Mike, Kate, and Julie, which aired on January 30th, 1990. So this is way, even towards the end of Season 5, in fact. So here's the post that I put. Next week, on 
a special Valentine's Day episode of Growing Pains. Everyone's got a special night planned, but not all go as expected. Ben and his sweet but controlling girlfriend, Laura Lynn, go out on a date, but he turns the tables on her when he starts making his voice heard. Surprisingly, she's into it. Carol, who's currently single, invites her work crew, plus one of the person's mothers over, for a romantic movie marathon. They have a room with a view, an officer and a gentleman, and Samson and Delilah. Jason and Maggie try to revamp their marriage. I guess maybe they feel like, uh, maybe Maggie feels like they're in a rut or something. And Mike, of course, gets the biggest shock of all when he takes out Kate for a romantic Valentine's Day dinner and his ex-fiancee Julie happens to be their waitress. Yikes. And if many of you are familiar with Growing Pains and some of the um, behind-the-scenes st- controversial stuff that happened, the actress... Um, let me get her name up here. I might not pronounce her name right. Hopefully, I did. Julie McCullough. She played Julie Costello on the show. Well, prior to season five, episode eighteen, where she played Mike's girlfriend, uh, they got engaged, and then the supposed wedding, which ended up spoiler alert, didn't happen. She didn't even meet him at the church. She left him a note. Breaking up with him, breaking his heart. Well, what happened is the actress at one point had posed for Playboy. And Kirk Cameron, who had become a uh, religious, I'm not going to say fanatic or anything like that, but it got pretty bad on the show when he started making a lot of demands. And one of those demands was that they fire... Uh, this actress who played Julie because of her posing in Playboy. I don't know how long ago it had happened prior to her being on the show. But then they decide, let's have her come back so that way she and Mike can have this uncomfortable conclusion and wrap things up, which really didn't need to happen. I'm surprised. What did they offer this actress to even come back? And then to face the guy that got you fired? No way in hell would I do that. I don't care if you offer me a million dollars. Or if you do, then I'm going to talk to a stand-in the whole time. Because I would not be able to fit. No, 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 no. Who would? And now that I think about it, going, if this had, because this happened towards the end of the series from like season five to season seven. What if it had happened sooner, like season three? Um, with Kurt Cameron, you know, finding God in everything. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start disrupting your work and the work of other people, then it becomes a problem. It's great that you want to have your beliefs in everything. Don't let it disrupt your work. And the whole point of it is, like, what if this had happened sooner? Would they have just said, we're not dealing with this anymore, and we will pull your character from... Even though Mike Seaver is pretty much the the star of the show, the show seems to center around him, and then occasionally on the siblings. Yeah, I think if that had happened sooner with him, and him acting that way, that they would have pulled the plug on his character and written him off, because... 
And I can't believe they had to put up with that for, like, two and a half seasons. That is just, that's unacceptable. You, but I'm not going to get into this anymore. That's just my own opinion. I mean, I'm happy, you know, he's got a personal life, but sometimes don't, don't bring it, don't push that onto your colleagues, and, but, alright, um, so, I did mention on Instagram, starting next month, I am going to be making changes to the podcast, I know I said I'm not doing every episode, I'm certainly not doing every episode, but, I, instead of going, some episodes by season, I thought it would be fun to do them by character. So, um, yep. Each month, a new character with four chosen episodes from various seasons of the show. Um, so I will, I'm just gonna let you know right now if you're listening, um, (laughs) if you're listening, that for March, it's going to be Ben Seaver. And then in March, I'll let you know who's going to be for, you know, towards the end of March, I'll let you know who's going to be the character for the month of April, and so on and so forth. So, alright, I've wasted enough time. Let's get into this episode. So we come out of the intro, and we're right in the living room where we see Jason instructing Carol, who, they're both standing over this little potted plant that has a block letter sign stuck into it that says talk to we're going to learn that this is an uh, experiment for school that Carol is doing where one plant is being talked to the other one is being ignored and to see how the plants react to that like if I talk to this one will it get bigger if I ignore this one will it stay small and shrivel up and die and Jason and Carol are kind of debating the whole thing about whether, well, Jason's like, oh, this is definitely a Sam plant, and Carol's like, no, Dad, it's Wendy. I think I know my own plant. So, they're coming up with a name, and Jason is more like, no, this is a male plant, or this is a female plant. I'm... I don't know a lot about plants, but there probably are female and male type plants, I I guess. I'm going to look that up now. So so what I've read is that a male plant has fewer leaves and a stronger stalk where a female has more leaves. And it's a little on the light side, I'm guessing. But this is, I'm just from taking from the internet, so... So Jason even goes so far to say, Carol, I went to medical school. Like, that's great, Dad, but this is my experiment. (laughs) So he presumes to pick the little potted plant up and look underneath it. Like he's checking for genitals. Like, well, mm, or he's probably looking at the roots or something. The way he's holding it makes me think of when I was in elementary school and on certain days of the week, whether it was chicken nugget day, um, we had the styrofoam um, trays that had the different compartments of, you know, the main cores and then you have your sides. And they'd always say, you know, wait until you finish with your food to see if there's a sticker on the bottom because if there's a sticker on the bottom, you get a prize. 
It could be like a pack of cards or a yo-yo or a sticker or something like that. Well, maybe not a sticker, but any. I won once when I was in like first or second grade. And I got I got a deck of dinosaur cards or something. And I think I ended up wanting to give them to the boy that I liked. Yeah, I was in first grade, I remember. Yeah. So Carol and Jason and eventually Ben will be included in this whole plot B plant, you know, project. That's what I'm going to call it. So he sets the plant down and he's like, hmm, Wendy, okay, you're right, Carol. <laughs> so we move over to the other side. We got the coffee table here and we have Ben getting up from the coffee table because he wants to answer the door. We have Maggie who looks like it's a Saturday afternoon and her hair is its all kind of, it's not done up, but it's kind of pinned up in the back so it's not kind of flowing like a mane. But the one thing I noticed, she's wearing glasses. To this point, I don't think I've seen her wearing glasses. Eventually, Carol, like, stops wearing her glasses and probably gets contacts in, like, season two or whatever. But this is just... And they're the big 80s frame glasses that go all the way past your cheekbones and, like, hang down your face. So Maggie asked Jason and Carol kind of what they're doing... Which, I'm like, Maggie, you were sitting on the floor mere, like, two feet away. You probably heard the exchange of their conversation. But at least, <clears throat> excuse me, this way, this gives us, the audience, to know exactly what is Carol doing with these plans. Which, I already explained, she's going to talk to one... Give it attention. Ignore the other one, which she has a sign that says ignored on it. Which that poor plant already looks like it's falling to pieces. As the other one's leaves are like up and like out. And this one's are just drooping over the pot that it's sitting. The ignored one's like leaves are just drooping. Like they're getting ready to fall any second. I didn't know. I what. I wonder if anyone's ever conducted an uh, experiment like that. You know, not on a TV show, but, you know, in real life. Oh, so she named one plant Wendy and says, what's his name as the ignored plant who is not getting a name? Like, um, and Jason said the loser, of course, is going to be tonight's dinner, which, yeah, right, because those are plants. That's not salad. Oh, Jason says the winner becomes tonight's salad because Carol wants to see which plant grows faster because she talks to it and gives it attention. I thought I, also there are experiments done with like playing music and stuff like that with plants that help it become vibrant and grow. So the vibrations from the sound waves from playing music actually help the plant grow. In other words, they stimulate the growth factors or whatever I'm getting from the internet. That's pretty cool. So we don't see this girl yet as Ben comes back from answering the door. And he's like, hey, there's a girl out there. And Maggie, who takes off those hideous glasses. Thank you, Maggie. 
says, well, Ben, what are you just leaving her standing out there? And he's like, well, gee, Mom, she's a girl. What do you think you're going to do, let her in? And Megan just kind of rolls her eyes like, oh, my son, what am I going to do with you? So I'm going to play Dana Plato's entrance here as Lisa. She is dressed just like Madonna. She wears one of, like, two or three outfits dressed like Madonna. Ay, ay, ay. And she's got no respect for for a guy's parents. She, she clearly she's got no real goals in life except for to be Madonna and be all over Mike and have sex with him. That is her goal. Sounds like you have some pretty strong feelings about girls. No, I just don't like them. Well, then, when a friend comes to the door, you should let them... <laughs> Why, hello. Hi. Is Mike home? Possibly. Quite possibly. Let me check. So, Maggie opens the door. The girl, Lisa, is draped. Got her legs draped on this wicker chair that's facing the door. And the girl's wearing black sunglasses. She's Let's see what else she's got going on here. Oh, no, she's got... What? I thought she was, like, kind of draped over it sideways over this chair. No, she's got her legs way spread apart. Her arms are on either of the arms of the chair. She's got those lace Madonna gloves. She's got jeans. She's got a black belt. She's got black... All in black. She's wearing a mesh black fishnet shirt. It's uh, this girl. And Maggie's just looking at this girl like, who are you? Where did you come from? And then she says, oh, is Mike home? And Maggie's like, uh, possibly. She does not want to let this girl in her house. I wouldn't either. And that's one of those midriff shirts. Yeah, she's got full belly showing there. And I've seen a few episodes of Different Strokes, that girl Kimberly. This girl's so far away from Kimberly, she's not even on the same planet anymore. That's how far this Lisa... And you can see she's got a... That is a crop top! That's not a... That is a crop top with a bra. So Maggie goes to get Mike, and Jason's like, uh, Maggie, do you, like, do you want to let our guest in? And Maggie is just so, like, confused. Like, she doesn't know what to do with this. Like, who is this girl who's calling for my son? So Maggie invites the girl in, and... Oh, she's a gum chewer, too. Great. So, Maggie does the traditional thing, you know, being nice, hospitable, introducing the family, you know, my husband Jason, my little, my son Ben, please please don't corrupt him, or my oldest, and of course, Carol. So, this girl, I take it, goes to the same school as Mike, then Carol would know of her, I would imagine. So, we didn't learn Lisa's name yet, like, uh, as Maggie's introducing, like, this is person and Carol and you are and Lisa plops herself down in a chair and says oh I'm Mike's like uh I'm Lisa I'm Mike's uh friend and Ben's eyeballs bug 
out of his head. Like, he, boom, hit puberty. He races out of the room. I don't want to know what you're going to do. No, Ben doesn't officially hit puberty till season two. <laughs> and let me say, in season one, Ben is like a thin rail of a boy. But then it seems like as the seasons go on, seasons um, two and three especially, he seems to get a, a little bit heavier. You know, he's, he's, he's putting on a little bit of weight. But then season four, five, and so on and so forth, he thins back out again. Which, that's nothing against the actor or anything like that. Dang, he slammed that door. I'm playing this clip. Ben slammed that door. Boom, I'm out of here. Thank you. Please, come in. Thanks. Would you like to have a seat? I'm Maggie, Mike's mother. This is Jason. Hello. Ben, Carol, and you are... Lisa. And Mike's like... Friend. You have to forgive him. He doesn't like girls. Well, actually, I like don't consider myself a girl. Consider myself a woman. <laughs> and rightly so, I'm sure. I'll call Mike. Mike? Oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't seem to be here. <laughs> Guess he doesn't like girls either. Huh. We'll see about that. So Jason's excuse for Ben running off and slamming the door, like, oh, you'll have to forgive him. He doesn't like girls. <laughs> and then Lisa makes a comment of like, oh, well, I'm not a girl. I consider myself a woman. It's like, I'm sure you do. So Maggie calls like Mike really lightly like oh well Mike's not here sorry as Mike comes down the stairs he's wearing a red sideways hat with a Mickey Mouse shirt looks at Lisa and he turns around and runs back up the stairs like I am very underdressed and Jason's like oh well you'll have to forgive him I don't maybe he doesn't like girls or something like that and Lisa's response to that is, oh, well, we'll see about that. Like, uh, yeah, right, once you wrap your legs around him. So Jason tries to make small talk with Lisa as she pulls off her sunglasses. And he's like, oh, do you want dip? I guess there was, like, chips and dip on the, and I think there might be a, is that a chessboard on the coffee table? But, oh, I think she's extending her foot to kind of sit on the coffee table. Oh, no, I'm sorry it wasn't. It was just balancing over one leg. So, Mike comes back down. He's got his black sunglasses. He's got a his cowhide leather jacket, which I guess it's got removable sleeves. As <laughs> Mike comes down the stairs, like, hey, Lisa. Like, he's all cool now. But, of course, he trips over those few steps coming down. Like, hey, how's it going? He's trying to act all cool. So she tells him, like, oh, yeah, I was just in the neighborhood, you know, breaking up with my old boyfriend. I mean, he was immature. As Mike's sitting in the chair across from her, like, across from the coffee table, Maggie sits on the arm of the chair, and when Lisa says immature, Maggie puts a protective arm around Mike like she's trying to keep him 
intact and not broken by Lisa. And Maggie's like, oh, was he younger than you? And Lisa's like, no, he was 27. Doesn't even bat an eye at that. And Maggie's like, I don't want this girl in my house anymore. Of course, uh, Mike goes her one better. Like, oh, oh, I mean, before you showed up, I was on the phone breaking up with my old girlfriend. She was 43. It's like he's comparing, like, he's trying to impress her, basically. And Jason's sitting on the couch, kind of, his elbows are on his knees as he's kind of watching this tennis match going back and forth, like, ah, yes, my son. Trying to impress this girl, like, uh, teenagers, what won't they say to impress each other? Oh, Carol's comment, like, yeah, in dog years, maybe. So Mike kind of wants to clear the room and get a little privacy with Lisa. It's like, oh, you guys haven't taken a trip past Uncle uh, Steve's house. Why don't you go and visit him? And Jason just kind of looks at Mike like, yeah, Uncle Steve, he's in Connecticut, Mike. It's like, nice try, buddy. We're not going anywhere. You can't get us out of the room that easily. Oh! <laughs> oh, and Mike's like, so... And then Jason adds, and he's dead. Like, what are you going to do with that? I'm playing this good. This is funny. Hey, Lisa. What <laughs> a pleasant surprise. I was just in the neighborhood breaking up with my old boyfriend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was just too immature. Oh? <laughs> was he younger than you? No. He was 27. What an amazing coincidence, because I was just up on the phone breaking up with my old girlfriend. She was 43. Yeah, in dog years, maybe. Uh, you guys haven't seen Uncle Steve in a while. Why don't you go take a walk by his place? Mike, your Uncle Steve's in Connecticut. So? And he's dead. just like, hey, can you guys, like, get a snack or something like that? You know, give us some privacy? And Jason does take the hint. He's like, alright, guys, let's give your brother and his friends some privacy. So, Carol heads out and then Jason heads out. But then Maggie, of course, has to pick a pillow up off the floor and lightly dust it very slowly with her. Oh, don't mind me. I'm just wiping this pillow off. All this dust. And Lisa looks at Maggie like, oh, bye, Maggie. And Maggie just kind of looks at her in in surprise, like, why? The 80s, I guess, kids were, thought it was cool to call their parents by their first name. Whatever. Um, And Lisa's like, oh, you don't mind if I call you Maggie, do you? And Maggie's like, nah. Like, she's trying to be as cool as a cucumber and not appear unnerved by Lisa's presence and she's doing an okay job so far 
So, Jason and Maggie and the kids are kind of talking about Lisa. Like, Carol right away starts him like, wow, as she jumps up on the stool by the kitchen island. Like, gosh, Dad, can you believe the top that she was wearing? And Jason, of course, pulls the drink out of the fridge. Like, oh, no, you know, I didn't notice anything. I think one of the audience members, like, coughed or burp like a cough burp or something at first I'm like is that someone on the show who's doing that (laughs) of course Carol's like oh dad how can you not have noticed what she was wearing I mean there was she was showing belly oh no Carol goes one step further like oh come on dad she may as well not even had a shirt on at all like Carol please so Jason's like oh well at least uh all things considered, at least she didn't go that route. We cut to Ben, who's sitting at the kitchen table with a soft drink. It's like, me too. <laughs> As he shakes, it's like, ugh. The thought of it. Ugh. Gross. Was Ben attempting to drink from a can that the pop wasn't, the, the top wasn't popped on it? <laughs> First I'm like, is that can open? No, it's not open. So, Maggie makes quick work of getting Carol and Ben to disappear outside for a bit. She's like, I need to talk to your father. Can you please take Ben and just go away for a little bit? Of course, Carol doesn't leave before. She's like, oh, you mean Mike and his friend who has the major league yabos? Which, of course, are slang for boobs. So Carol's like, what are we going to do outside? And Carol, uh, Maggie's like, yeah, I really don't care. Go talk to the lawn. And Jason's like, no, no, don't. It needs mowing as it is. Let's not make it any, the grass any taller. So the kids are gone. And Jason, of course, first words out of his mouth are, can you believe the top that girl was wearing? And Maggie doesn't mince words. And she's like, Jason, she's a tramp. So Jason kind of defends Lisa, like, hey, just because she dresses indecently doesn't mean she's a tramp. And Maggie's like, Jason, what? She had a 27-year-old boyfriend. I don't think she did. Read between the lines, Maggie. You were a teenager once yourself. You're telling me you never embellished when it came to impressing a guy? Who hasn't embellished? Guys or girls, who hasn't embellished a little bit? Isn't that what those chat rooms were all about? Whoever really said how tall they really were, or how much they weighed, or the color, you know, or how many people would send fake pictures of themselves. Come on. So Megan's just going on today, Jason, about the fact that this girl does not even laugh like a normal 15-year-old girl should laugh. And a girl, when she comes to the door asking for my son, should feel uncomfortable and awkward and she's like in this case I'm the one feeling awkward and uncomfortable which it's because this girl has so much confidence it's shooting out all over the place (laughs) and she's just looking out for Mike's best interest you know Mike's a teenager he's muddle-headed impulsive she doesn't want Mike to make a mistake that he could regret which is understandable I mean like I said, he's a teenage boy. This Lisa girl is a girl. And this is... So, now Mike and Lisa come in. And Mike's got this grin on his face as Lisa's got her lace-gloved hands draped over his shoulders. 
So Mike gets the orange juice out, turns to Maggie and Jason like, oh, do you think you guys could like get out of here? I'm thinking, Mike, you were just in the fucking living room. You could have stayed there. You could have gotten a drink, went back out into the living room. It's a big fucking house. You can go outside if you want, but stop kicking people out of the room so you can have supposed privacy with this girl. So is this girl, the actress Dana Plato, putting on an accent or is... Oh, okay, she is wearing just a bra and then a lace barely there black top. Yeesh. She's mentioning about how her boyfriend, Ed, she broke up with him and he cried and she says, oh, how that's so pathetic. And when it, Mike originally tells him to kind of like hit the bricks, like leave, and Maggie's like, why? And Mike tells him, well, so I can have juice. And she's like, what, you can't have juice when we're in the room? And he's like, and Mike is like, oh, I can't believe you bought a house with nine rooms if you're not going to spend time in it. I'm like, shut up, Mike. <laughs> oh, I notice Mike's got this gold chain that I think he only wears for season one and we never see it again. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I never cry. He's trying to impress her. He's like, oh, well, once a car ran over my foot and I just kind of winced. And Lisa is just kind of like, oh, you're cute, Mike. And Mike's like, oh, yeah, I'm cute. I'm damn cute. It's like, and Maggie is over at the kitchen island. They're working on dinner or something. And she's so frustrated. Like, er, this, my boy is just saying whatever to impress this girl. And even Jason's kind of rolling his eyes. It's like, oh, give me a break, son. <laughs> So Lisa mentions how this Ed guy that she broke up with was very possessive because she went on a camping trip with some guy or something who she claims is just a friend. So Maggie jumps into the conversation and is like, how do your parents feel about you dating this 27-year-old? <laughs> As Lisa's like, oh, well, my mother, she was bummed. You know, I think she wanted to go out with him. Really? Really? This girl has got so much makeup plastered all over her face. She looks like a fucking clown. <laughs> so Maggie says something like, oh, it, it must mean your parents are no longer together. And Lisa just kind of looks at her like confused, like, why do you say that? And Maggie's like, oh, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> so Maggie excuses herself and kind of sits around where the greenhouse is off of the kitchen. And kind of they, they watch this whole thing play out. As Lisa moves her hand over to Mike's arm and starts caressing his arm. Like, oh, so Mike, are you uh, doing anything tonight? And Mike tries to play it off. Like, oh, well, I mean, I just got out of a very special relationship. And uh, I think I've moped about it long enough. She's like, oh, you want to do something? And he's like, yeah, I could. As he gets up to put the juice away. I'm just looking at Mike in this sleeveless leather jacket, and his muscles are mini muscles. They're barely even there. But of course, as he goes to put the orange juice away, he like, uh, what's it? Like, um, fist pumps the air, or whatever you want to call it, and like, <coughs> throws his fist in the air, and like, yeah! 
So, as Mike's putting the orange juice in the fridge, Maggie, of course, uses the opportunity to burst Mike's bubble. Like, oh, Mike, don't forget, your father and I are going out with the Kuzmin, so you'll have to babysit Ben and Carol. And I'm thinking, Carol is 14. She does not need a babysitter. She should be watching. But, of course, Maggie's like, oh, well, you promised a babysit. And Mike is deflated. Like, oh, what? Can't we get a sitter or something? So Jason adds, well, you know, it's just such a short notice. And we wouldn't be able to get a babysitter who didn't have an axe. And Mike makes a joke how, well, Ben and Carol are light on their, fast on their feet. They'll be all right. So Lisa takes it upon herself to invite herself over. Like, oh, babysitting. I'll come over. I think it'll be fun. And Maggie's like, oh, no, Lisa, that would be so boring. You wouldn't want to spend your Saturday night doing that. And she's like, oh, I just love babysitting. Like, ew. So now we've spent enough time on plot A. We're going to plot B as Ben ducks out from behind the door and rubs his fingers together, rubs his hands together. Like, ooh, I am going to be up to no good as I scream at this plant and kill it. Ben, what are you doing? Oh, I'm nothing, Mom. <laughs> so Ben goes to the talk to plant and starts saying how, like, oh, you're the ugliest plant alive. Carol told me in private that she hates you. As a, a leaf falls off the plant and Ben picks it up, his eyes bulge out of his head in fear and he takes it as Maggie comes down the stairs and is like, oh, Ben, what are you doing? And he's like, N nothing, as he runs out of the room. So I take it that Jason had a conversation with Mike as Mike is running out of Jason's office and zipping up the stairs. So, Jay Maggie is really grilling Jason on what he said to Mike and how Jason just kind of like, oh, you know, what we talked about and everything is kind of a father-son talk as he's getting his keys ready to go. Maggie puts a hand to Jason's chest to kind of stop, like, stop. I have not had one of those conversations. Please elaborate in full detail what you said to our son. So, Jason kind of, uh draws this out like oh i said hey son how you doing he's like hey dad i'm doing good is that moosing your hair and jason's like and maggie's like please jason just get to the important part and jason does tell her well i explained to our son that it's good best to take it slow in a new relationship and maggie says something about like oh like he should get a medical report like this girl's probably got stds and whatnot which well i mm, shaming but slut shaming but I, Maggie's just concerned I understand that she is like Mike seems like the type that could be easily influenced by a pretty girl and that he could easily be taken advantage of all these thoughts are running through her head they're going to the, uh, Jason and Maggie are going to the movies with the Kuzmans but of course Maggie's not going to be able to put this out of her mind because she, her mind is at home with Mike and this Lisa and thinking about them getting up to some naughty naughty stuff so now Maggie's coming up with these 
scenarios like oh Jason what do you think Mike and Lisa will do tonight while we're not here and he's like oh well, they'll probably watch TV and she's like oh well because he's putting on her jacket as they're getting ready to have the door she's like oh well what if they don't watch TV Maggie if you're that concerned just stay the hell home then but then again in the end your son's gonna do what he's gonna do either he's gonna have sex or he's not gonna have sex you can't exactly keep watch on him 24 7 my best guess is Jason, hand him a, Mike a box of condoms and say, son, protect yourself and your partner. And I, I don't know what else to tell you other than that. And Maggie starts in like, oh, he's only 15. He's too young to quote unquote not watch TV as they're not saying the word sex. Not watch TV is code for have sex. Like, he's 15, yes, but I don't know how old you know, teenagers are when they start. 15, probably, I would imagine 15, 16 is the age maybe that they start doing that, or at least definitely thinking about the possibility of doing that. And Jason basically boils it down, like, honey, if these two 15-year-old kids want to get together and, and not watch TV, they're going to find a way. We can't exactly stop them. So you need to, like, put this out of your mind. So, hearing that, Maggie just turns around and goes and flops herself down on the couch. I want to stay home. I want to watch Love Vote. I, I want to watch TV. And Jason's like, Maggie, Meg, let's just go see this movie, please. We haven't been out in ages. I, um, we can't worry about our son all the time. Jason's like, honey, the Kuzmans are picking us up in like three minutes. And Maggie's like, are you sure we shouldn't stay home? No. So Jason tries to put Maggie's mind at ease by saying, you know, Mike does have a conscience who probably could sound just like you. So, stop worrying. So, Jason's able to actually get Maggie up off the couch and pushes her towards the door. You know, reminding her Mike knows of our values and our rules and that we have faith in him. So, let's just go, please. We don't see the Kuzmans, I don't think. Not in this episode. So, there he has the door. Mike hears the doorbell. Boom! He is down those stairs. He flies down those stairs to get to the door before Jason and Maggie do. He's in his second wardrobe change, which is... He's still got the glasses, but he's got a black and white striped shirt. Mostly black with white uh, stripes or whatever the hell you want to call them. Uh, he's not the only one who's got a wardrobe change. Lisa is wearing a white wedding dress that's totally bedazzled. She's got, instead of the lace gloves that she had before the fingerless lace gloves well she's got the white ones now one white one that looks like it's black like oh no wait they're both white but then she's got like white bracelets on one and then black bracelets on the other one and Maggie is about ready to faint when she sees what Lisa is wearing it's not the crop lace the fishnet crop top with the bra, but it's a wedding dress, and it's really unsettling. So, Maggie and Jason are on the outside of the house. They've shut the door, 
And he's like, Maggie, let's go. The Kuzmans are there. See, they're honking at us right now. And Maggie is smiling like, oh, to hell with the Kuzmans. Like, Maggie, seriously, enough. You're already going to get my award for most irritated person in this episode. I don't have an award for that yet, but I'm thinking of creating something like that. She needs to drop this and let it go. I get that she's a concerned mother. I don't have kids. I don't have teenage children. I don't know what they go through when their children come of age and hit adolescence and become interested in premarital sex. But come the heck on. Like Jason says, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. You can't stop them. You can't control them. You can just give them advice and send them on their way. Oh, you do get someone else screams saying, hey, come on, guys, let's go. So Jason's getting irritated. He's like, do you want to tell, okay, Bob and Ellen that we can't go to the movies with them because there's a girl in our house? Like, do you hear how ridiculous you sound? And even Bob is like, hey, Maggie, life's not fair. Get over it. Whatever you're going through, let's go. And Maggie's hanging by the door trying to listen. Like, good grief. Maggie even brings up, like, oh, what if it were Carol and a guy that just fell off an X-rated wedding cake? <coughs> so as they're walking forward to the Kuzman's vehicle, Jason is reminding Maggie yet again, Mike can make his own decisions. Whatever happens, he'll deal with it. He'll live with it. So Jason and Maggie are watching, it sounds like a smut film. Because the guy on the screen is like, I waited so long to do this one thing, and I'm gonna do this one thing, and the girl is like, oh, just shut up and hold me. It's like, ugh. That and that movie is utterly terrible. And Maggie, of course, all of the sex on screen that they're watching, she's thinking of Mike, and she's getting irritated. So Maggie goes on about the movie, like, oh, Jason, this movie is dull. There's no plot. There's no anything just gratuitous sex and the old lady behind them is like bitch will you shit the fuck down i'm trying to get off on this <coughs> did the kuzmans up and just leave them because they're not there <coughs> they couldn't afford to pay anybody else to be the kuzmans right now <coughs> so now we get back to the house and we see a darkened bedroom Okay, so they do have a guest room i'm guessing this guest room might later turn into chrissy's room Granted, Mike did say they have, like, nine other rooms. Well, let's see. The, each, the kids each got a room. Uh, Maggie and Jason got a room. There's the, uh, Jason's office. You got the kitchen, the bathroom, the living room, maybe another bathroom. So this f room is filled with pictures of Maggie and Jason, especially Maggie. Like, there's one of Maggie holding Mike as an infant. So I guess Mike was just giving Lisa a tour of the house. And he shows her the guest bedroom. Like, hey, here's the guest bedroom. Let's go downstairs and watch TV or something. Like, he clearly... I think he's getting a smidge on the uncomfortable side. Like, he knows his parents would not want him up here doing anything. So Lisa wants to stay in there. Like, hey, why don't we stay in here? And Mike's kind of like, here, why would we, the TV doesn't end. She stops him from talking mid-kiss. So, Lisa is all up on Mike as she keeps rubbing her hands up and down his body. 
unbuttoning his shirt. Like, oh, do you have any idea what you're doing to me? And he's like, oh, I was just trying to make my top lip match up with you. And she's like, no, I mean inside. Like, whoa, girl. So Lisa closes the door and Mike starts rambling like, oh, you meant inside. Okay. And so Mike, of course, starts saying like, oh, my dad, who's a psychiatrist, he's trying to put distance between him, his self and Lisa. Like, he's clearly a little, he's nervous, a little uncomfortable as he's kind of leaning on this exercise bike. And Lisa comes over, starts caressing his arm, takes her finger, and runs it down Mike's chest. And she's like, oh, I feel all steamy and tingly. It's gonna... This girl's had sex before, and she clearly is jonesing for Mike in a major way. Mike clearly has never had sex before. This would not be an issue for him. Now she's leading him over to the bed. Like, less talk, more action. Oh, no, she's not. She's uh, wrapping his arms around her waist. So she goes in to kiss him more, and Mike has clearly got an erection as his voice starts to crack. Like, hey, how about that? History test. Like, hey. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip because this is funny. She's now got his shirt just about completely unbuttoned. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay, she's opening up his shirt so we get a nip shot here. And Kirk Cameron's only about like 16, 16 years old, so he's not that developed. But anyway, um, they sit down on the bed and he kind of jumps up as she mentions like, oh, this is the first time you've actually would actually have done it. As in had sex. As in you're a virgin. <laughs> and Mike, of course, tries to play it off like he's not. Funny. Funnier than this? <laughs> no. I mean, it just occurred to me. It's going to be the first time he's, like, ever done it. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, 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 Lisa. <laughs> No, 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 I'm sorry. That's just so rich. <laughs> no, I'm not a virgin, Lisa. No, not this cowboy. Yeah. That's a relief. Because, like, believe it or not, it's like guys out there our own age who have never done it. <laughs> yeah, rejects and nerds. <laughs> really? So... I'm not sure. Now I remember. <laughs> so Mike just laughs off her thing about, oh, this will be the first time you've actually done it. And another thing, Mike is really popular. The idea that she could, like, divergenize Mike Seaver. Can you imagine how much power she feels like she would have? <laughs> like, I de-virginized 
Mike Seaver. But anyway, Mike laughs it off like, "Oh no, not this!" <laughs> oh, he kind of slap like slaps her like her her boot like, "Oh, you're just <laughs> no, not this guy, not this cowboy." As he jumps on that exercise bike, and he is like riding for his life as he's trying to kill his erection, <laughs> and Lisa walks over, gets off the bed, walks over to him, and starts rubbing his thigh, his inner thigh, and dragging him back over to the bed. And Mike, clearly, he is like, I don't really want to do this right now. I mean, he's not saying that, but you can just tell, like, he is really trying to avoid this. And she also, whilst he, he's on this exercise bike, she's like, oh, that's funny. Believe it or not, there are guys our own age that have never actually done it. <laughs> and Mike makes a joke about like, oh, rejects and nerds. Like, eh. <laughs> I'm sure there are rejects and nerds out there that have probably gotten laid before you, Mike. <laughs> She's got a studded dog collar around her neck, I just noticed. <laughs> so she sits on the bed and she takes Mike's arm and starts kissing up his arm and he is just like I don't want to do this as the camera zooms away from them and zooming on this picture of newborn Mike with Maggie as in to say maybe it was Maggie like all these pictures of Maggie who would want in a guest bedroom who would want that there's also a little Buddha statue on a stack of books alright now we get back to Plot B with Carol, Ben, and the plants. Carol is accusing Ben of having killed her talked to plant because it is not standing tall and straight anymore. It is completely, the leaves have are drooping over the edges of the pot. <laughs> so Carol's screaming at Ben like you killed Wendy, the plant, and Ben is like on the other side of this end table that is holding up the dead plant. And he's like, I didn't do that. And she's like, yes, you did. Just admit it that you killed my plant and I'll kill you and we'll both feel good about it. <clears throat> of course, while they're arguing, Jason and Maggie come in. Jason's like, whoa, 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 guys, neutral corners. They're not, Ben is making sure as they're both shouting back and forth that he's got that end table between them so she can't reach across and try to grab him. So, Carol holds up the plant and says, Dad, Wendy, the plant I talked to, is now dead. See evidence in my hand. This is a dead plant. So Ben is all screaming his innocence, like, I did not kill her. I did not kill the plant. And Jason's like, all right, Ben, Carol's not known to lie for this kind of thing. So you look me in the eye and you tell me that you did not kill this plant. And Ben admits, like, I talked to, I yelled at it. A leaf fell. I tried to put some miracle grow on it or something, and it turned out it ended up killing the plant. So he looks Jason in the face when Jason asks, Did you kill Wendy? And Ben says, No. No, I didn't. Looks him right in the eye. Carol and Jason turn around and start to walk away. And Ben adds, Not exactly. So, he mentions that he said a mean thing to the plant. A leaf fell off, and he tried to save her. He's like, I promise, I swear on my own life, I tried to save her. And Jason's like, well, how did you try to save her? And Ben's like, well, what do you think with the plant stuff? As Jason, we see a 
container of something. So Carol pulls out this jug, this giant green jug, and he, she's like, Ben, did you put this whole thing on my plant? And Ben's like, well, I tried to do what I could to save her. And she, Carol's like, oh. So Jason reads the instructions on this jug. It says, a capful for eight gallons of water. Ben, oh, man, you should have come to somebody and said something. <coughs> I hope he washed his hands. He couldn't have put that entire jug on that planet. Be that stuff would be all over the floor. So Maggie, of course, had when she came upstairs, she ran. When she came home, she went right upstairs. She's looking for Mike. If she comes down, asks where Mike is. Carol's sitting on the couch, like, "Oh, you mean Mr. Testosterone? I think he's in the kitchen." So now we see Mike sans Lisa in the kitchen. Lisa's clearly went home, and Mike is. Hanging out on this on this type of it's not a countertop, it's oh, I can't fucking think of it. It's something by the fucking doorway. And he's just kinda chilling there flipping through a magazine as Maggie comes in. So Maggie's trying to not be obvious, but she is actually being obvious when she's like, Oh, where's Lisa? And Mike's like, How should I know where she is? And she puts her jacket, drapes it on the back of a chair, and like, oh, did you guys, um, uh, uh, did you have a nice time to together? And Mike's like, yeah, sure. It's like, he's not going to just come out and say that he didn't have sex. <laughs> so she kind of asks, like, hey, what'd you do? And Mike's like, well, we just hung up. He's just, he's not even looking at her. He's just flipping through a magazine. She's like, oh, what'd you do? Did you watch TV? He's like, uh, nope. And of course her mind is going there like, oh, he had sex with her. And she kind of changed the subject like, oh, what are you reading? And he's like, Windsurfer, which I've never heard. That's a fake magazine. And she's like, oh, is it a good issue? He's like, oh, it's just no different than the other 11 issues that I've read before. <laughs> so Maggie really is fishing at this point as she's like, oh, so how's Lisa? She seems like a real interesting girl. And Mike's like, he, yeah, yeah, hmm. And then she's like, oh, what does that mean? It's like, what the hell? What is this witch hunt? She's an interesting girl, so what? <laughs> and eventually Mike's just going to say, look, if you want to know if she and I had sex, no, it didn't. We didn't. Did you guys play any uh, board games? Nothing happened, okay, Mom? She wanted to sleep with me and I didn't do it. I'm probably gay. Are you happy now? <laughs> Why? What? I'm pretty sure you're not gay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a long shot, huh? You know, Michael, there's nothing wrong with choosing not to sleep with somebody. I mean, you can even wait for someone you love. People do it all the time. Come on, Mom, it's not like I did some big noble thing here. I just whipped out. Okay, okay, so you whipped out. But think about it for a minute. What did you really whip out of? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Do you care about Lisa? I mean, do you care about what she feels or thinks or she's happy or sad? Do you really care what happens to her? Well, 
I wouldn't want to see her get hit by a truck. <laughs> and do you think she cares about you? Yeah. In the same kind of way. So you wimped out of sharing something very special with someone who... Well, whose face you wouldn't want to see on the grill of an 18-wheeler. <laughs> yeah, I guess I see what you mean. But, Lisa, there was something about her, Mom. She, she's got major league yabos? <laughs> well, in a nutshell, yeah. Well, Lisa is a great-looking girl, Mom. But there are other great-looking girls out there who also happen to be warm, caring people. Really? <laughs> and you're going to find one. And when the right girl and the right time comes along, I think you'll be feeling anything but wimpy. Yeah, maybe you're right. Well, you'll be a little scared at first, but trust me, you'll find a way to overcome it. Your father did. Dad? Mm -hmm. Oh, so I guess you're saying that he waited for the right girl. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I met her. She was very nice. <laughs> so when Megan's like, oh, well, did you play any board games? At that, Mike throws the magazine down in a huff, and he's like, look, she wanted to have sex. I didn't. I'm probably gay now. And he turns to head up the stairs. And Maggie calls him out, like, Mike? And he's like, yeah. She's like, I don't think you're gay. And Mike's like, oh, yeah, well, it was a long shot anyway. Of course, this was in the 80s when people just felt the need to just throw the term gay around as a joke, which is just, that's just not right. <laughs> we know that now. So Maggie explains to Mike, like, Mike, there's nothing wrong with not sleeping with someone. They're, they're choosing not to sleep with them. Mike, of course, rolls his eyes at this. <coughs> he does not want to hear this lecture. But this is a good lecture. It really is. I mean, yes, it's uncomfortable because it's coming from his mother. I'm sure it would be even more uncomfortable if he had this conversation with Jason. No teenager wants to have a conversation with a parent about their sex life or a lack of one or <coughs> so Maggie tells you uh, <laughs> tells Mike there's nothing wrong with waiting for someone that you love or waiting for someone you truly care about Mike of course thinks this is just an opportunity he 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 threw away like I just wimped out because him being a guy, he should want to have sex with girls, and he thinks there's something wrong because he wimped out. <coughs> so, Maggie kind of goes along with this, like, okay, you choose to say that you wimped out. Okay, what do you wimp out of? And, of course, we get this expression, this dreamy expression of Mike, of thinking about, well, in his mind, what sex with Lisa would have been like. So Maggie decides to go another route and ask the question, do you care about Lisa? And Mike's like, sure. I mean... And, and Maggie even asks, like, do you have her best interests in, at heart? And he's like, well, I don't want to see her get hit by a Mack truck. And... It's the thing is, it's like, Mike... I would have said, Mike, 
what do you know about this girl other than what she was wearing? What are her hobbies? You know, her interests? Stuff like that. What do you honestly know about her? <laughs> and Mike even says to the point, it's like, this girl, Lisa, there's just something about her. It's like, yes, you were physically attracted to this girl, but not mentally attracted to her. Not mentally attracted... You're physically attracted to her, but not to the point where you are ready to throw off your clothes and have sex with her. Because I think deep down that Mike realizes like that is a personal part of himself, like to just throw something like that away, just on, on Lisa. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with the girl, but I just think I think Mike could do better. Like wait for someone you care about, you know, Julie down the road, Kate. You know, don't throw it away like it's nothing. Like it's some cheap physical act. Because if you think about it, if you wait for a person that you care about and, or even love, that makes the that physical act, and not just the physical, but the emotional act, that much more better. Because you know the person you... You care about the person, and you can both share in the fact that you're both having that same experience together. So the whole time Maggie's talking with Mike, she's eating this drum of ice. I wouldn't call it a drum. It's not, it's not like, mondo huge. It's probably as wide as what uh, an Edie's container of ice cream would be. Now Maggie... She doesn't really put Lisa down here. She does say Lisa is a nice girl, but you could also meet other girls that you care about that are sweet and and caring and and just you know someone that you basically somebody that you connect with. You know, and she's like that could happen for you one day. And when that day comes, you can share that experience of sex with them. And she mentions how the same thing happened with your father. And JF. <laughs> Mike kind of like. I wouldn't say he rolls his eyes. Like yeah right mom right. Mm -hmm. he, dad waited for you. And. <laughs> Maggie's like well yeah you got me there. No no he didn't wait for me. But I met the girl that he did wait for. And she was very nice. <laughs> so. Now we get the, um, I guess if the opening, like, cold, they don't have those yet. I'm not sure what something that comes after the credit scene would be. Actually, it's even before the credit scene. But anyway, um, Jason's doing his round saying goodnight to everybody. He goes to the guest room and Mike is dealing out his sexual frustrations. He's taking all of that out on this exercise bike. Which, good for you, Mike. Good for you. Work out those frustrations and, <laughs> you know, and it just helps you think about stuff. <laughs> Exercising. You wouldn't believe how many things would go through my head when I would be out walking and everything. Just these realizations, just things just running through my head trying to sort things out. <laughs> so that was the end of the... I cannot talk to save a butt. That was the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Now for my Mike Seaver 
leather jacket rating, episode rating. I'm honestly, I'm going to wait rate this one low. Um, there are just too many. <clears throat> um, I'm going to rate it a 2 out of 5. And I know that's, I rarely rate episodes, you know, with my podcast that low. But sometimes it just... Um, the only two things I like, I liked Maggie's talk with Mike at the end and kind of helping him work through what he's feeling and thinking. And I'd have to say the other thing I liked, I liked the whole plant thing with Carol and Ben. I thought that was cute. And Ben admitting that he tried to save the plant, you know, he didn't kill it, he tried to save it. Um, the things I didn't like... Maggie, through the majority of the episode, just her constantly bugging Jason, like, oh, what do you think Mike and Lisa are doing? Like, oh, I don't want to leave the house to see the movie. I'm worried about my son and just, um, what's the other things? Um, Maggie at the theater that, like, what the heck? If you didn't want to go, you shouldn't have, but, or... Just go out to eat somewhere or something and sit in a booth somewhere and stew about your feelings. Um, Lisa didn't like her. She came on way too strong, which of course that was her character. She clearly had had sex before and she wanted to make Mike another notch on her bedpost. She wanted to divergenize Mike Seaver. I'm surprised. I mean, like I said, Carol goes to the same school. She's like a grade below Mike. Those kids are all mixing together in the hallways between classes. She would know about Lisa. Unless they don't go to the same school, but I doubt it. And how the hell did Lisa even know where Mike lived? But anyway, the other thing is her her calling Maggie Maggie and not Mrs. Seaver is just that's very disrespectful. Um, so, yeah, two out of five Mike Seaver leather jackets is the rating. Um, what I learned from the episode is just don't feel pressured to have sex just because you think everyone else is doing it or because if you don't do it, you're going to look like a wimp or something else. And don't make, have some... Don't let someone slut shame you or whatever into having sex either. Also, parents, like I said, all you can do is give your kids the information about sex. Give them condoms, talk about birth control, what have you. As much as you can forbid them, you think you can forbid kids, kids, teenagers to have sex, you can't do it. Because just like with smoking or whatever, if kids want... Teens, whatever, want to try something, they are going to find a way. Kids can't drink alcohol, yet somehow they magically come around able to find it somehow. Whether they get someone to purchase it for them or what have you. So just give kids information and hope that they make the best judgment. Kids are impulsive. They're going to make bad choices. The only thing you can do is even teach them from your own bad experiences. So that's what I learned from this episode. And as I said, next week for Valentine's Day, I'm going to be covering the Valentine's Day Season 5, Episode 8. 18? 12? I can't remember. Uh, Entitled Mike, Kate, and Julie. And after that, the following week, we're going to have probably the last episode of Season 1 we'll see for a bit. 
because in March we're doing the character episodes. Season 1, episode 14, I picked this episode First Blood because it stars a, well, guest stars another Wonder Years alum. This episode aired on January 14th, 1986. This has Dan Loria, who plays Ben's aggressive, blood-fueled hockey coach. After a fist fight with Ben's hockey coach, Jason is left with the task of explaining that fighting is not the way to get the job done. While Maggie endures the hardship of teaching Mike ballroom dancing, because there's a girl he wants to go to a dance with. Um, Scott Curtis, who if you watch um, Full House, I believe it is season... Two or three, one of them, where DJ turns 13, I think it's 13 Candles. Scott Curtis plays Kevin Gwynn. He also is in the episode Say No to Alcohol. And that's the last you will ever see of him. Um, oh, this kid, Chance Quinn, who probably plays... Who does this kid play? It doesn't even say that. He, he might play a... Uh, he might have played that Rodney character. Maybe? Was it him? Maybe? No, wait, that's Rod. Okay. No. I'll get to that episode, the, uh, that episode anyway. But, yeah, First Blood. We're going to see Dan Laria as a bloodthirsty hockey coach. Yikes. He gives John Riley from the Mighty Ducks, who played Gordon Bombay's junior hockey coach, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, as always, I'd like to let you know where you can follow along with the podcast. You can go to Facebook at Show Me That Smile Again, A Growing Pains Podcast on Facebook and follow along. Or you can go to Instagram and follow along there at Growing Pains Pod or Podcast. And follow along there. So that way each month you'll know what character I'm focusing on and what episodes I'm going to be hitting. So, all right, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Stay warm. Make sure if you, the power goes out, which I pray ours does not go out again, which ours was only out for like four hours, which isn't bad compared to, I just got done talking to my dad and their power and some of my relatives out there, um, have no power and the generators, I got to make sure those are running. Um, make sure you stock up on candles, matches, batteries, flashlights, um, wh- whatever you can use to, if you can't use your oven or your mic- uh, microwave, like, stock up on breads and meats. Well, meat needs to be refrigerated, that's why. Um, maybe some bags of ice. A lot of people are checking into hotels and stuff like that, which probably isn't a bad idea. Although I told Jeremy at one point, I thought, oh my gosh, what if we got to he- check into a hotel? It's like, we have a cat. We have a rabbit and a hamster. And, I mean, the rabbit and hamster is not bad. They're in cages. But a cat, I mean, hotels take dogs. So a cat really wouldn't be a big deal. But just stay safe. Be careful out there. If the roads are bad... Stay off them. Call into work. Don't go to school. I know it's easier said like said than done, but it's like don't risk your life. Your job, I'm sure, would not want you risking your life to get to your job. 
if you need to call in, then call in. But anyway, stay safe, everybody. And I will be back with an episode uh, for Valentine's Day. <coughs> also, I'll, do, I'll be re-uploading the Wonder Years Valentine's Day episode, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Also, I did mention on the Instagram and Facebook for Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, that podcast is no longer going to be on the Wonder Years feed. It will be on the, <coughs> excuse me, on the um, Punky Power podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean. So if you want to continue listening to season two, onward to season three, four, and five, you can go to Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and listen along there. All right. Have a great week. Weekend, everybody.